thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. If you did not worship today, I am so sorry. Your wood is soaked, okay? Your wood's wet. Woo! That's good stuff. Philippians chapter 3, if you'll go there with me, uh, verses 13 and 14. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. We are continuing through the Joshua Code and verses that the church must know. Uh, this is one that uh, Paul gives us that we've got to know. Uh, a real popular verse, especially Awanas and youth, and maybe for you as well, is Matthew 6.33. Matthew 6.33 simply says, Seek ye first. Seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And then he says, if you will do that, all these other things will be added to you. Brad, if you'll pop up that slide, buddy. Uh, Pop that slide up and then we'll come back to that scripture. Folks, that's it. I mean, we could just simply say that and then walk out of here and, and beat everybody to lunch. The main thing, now there's emphasis there if you haven't picked up on that yet. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. In, in Texas, we have to say the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. All right? That's, that is it. I'm telling you, I don't meet a person that's breathing, that can't tell me that. But I meet hundreds that aren't doing that. I'm telling you, I sit with countless people throughout my weeks. I sit with some that did not have any intentions of bumping into me. I stand in line or in restaurants or in stores or just pass them, and we just start talking and they'll say statements like, man, I, I got to get back. I got to get back in church, man. I, I got to get back in church. I got to get back in the Word. I got to, man, we've been, we've been missing. And, and, you know, you want to really say, yeah, you think? But, but you don't want to say, yeah, that's all right, man. You know, life's busy. You got things to do. It's just crazy out there. It's just crazy. That's what I say. Inside, I'm like, hmm. Yeah, you think? You think? I mean, life is busy. Anybody's life not busy? I mean, who in here is just bored to death? Bored like carpet. Anybody bored like carpet? I'm, nobody's bored in life. There's plenty to do. Plenty to do. And it's really difficult to keep the main thing the main thing. But, boy, can you realize, can you recognize real quickly when the main thing is not the main thing? Yeah. We do. I'm going to tell you, folks, the enemy absolutely loves it when you say you're busy. He says, that's great. That's just like, that's, that's how I want you to be. I think you ought to add one more thing. Just just get one more thing on that plate and just spin it. Because, boy, you juggle good. So I think you can do one more. Just do one more. And it's a good thing. 
No, no, no. This is really good. How about serve in the church? Yeah, that's a good. Jesus said serve. So with all that you've got going on, let's add one more thing in there. Let's serve at the church. So you jump in there and do that. Now, what's wrong with that? Nothing. But if you already can't keep the main thing the main thing, why do you want to serve? Teach somebody else how to not keep the main thing the main thing? Come to church and tell people how busy you are, that your life is out of control, and they're looking at you like, so what you doing here? I mean, folks, I'm telling you, you, you can use church words and do church things and get further from God than you ever thought you could. Now, you, you're not going to meet a lot of pastors that will tell you that. I'm just telling you, you're not going to get a lot of pastors that tell you serving God at the church will keep you further from God than, than you were before. But you can get a whole bunch of stuff in front of God, and you can impress him with all that you're doing, and it can push you further away. Because, folks, we have enough stuff on our plate just being husband, wife, mom, dad, married couple, as it is. I don't know about you guys, but, but being married, being a mom and dad, being a husband, being a wife, being a parent, that's pretty tough, isn't it? That's, that's a lot to do. And then you add a whole bunch of other stuff in there. You say, well, Richard, what are you saying? Don't serve the church. It's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you've got to really be careful that you keep life in focus. you got to. Because there's nobody else out there that can do that for you. You've got to be able to, as a husband, look at your family, look at your children, look at your wife, look at the environment of the home, the environment of your schedule, and you, as a spiritual leader anointed by God, have to say, you know what? We're not doing that. We always do that. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. And no, we're not going to do this either. Because all of this stuff is too much. And I am not going to allow my family to be so scattered that we're never together. And when we are together, we're so tired we can't enjoy each other. I'm going to do some holy subtraction. I'm going to eliminate some things. And folks, that is, not hard, that is not easy to do. It's very hard to do. Or sometimes, here's what normally happens in couples and families is mom sees it years early, but dad's like, come on, drag him up there. You know, he doesn't get it right away. The wives see it real quick. But they really want the husband to do it. Okay. I want you to look today at your life. I don't want you to look at anything else, okay? I just want you to see you. And I want you to simply ask a big, fat question. Is the main thing in my life really the main thing? Or is it just an add-on? Is it just an add-on? I want you to go to Philippians. Look at verse, um, chapter 3, verse 13. Paul gives us some great instructions here, and we're just going to look at three quick points, and I mean quick, really. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 
13. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I'll stop there. When you look at number one, point number one, simply this. Paul says, this one thing. Mm. He doesn't say a thousand things. He doesn't say a hundred things. He doesn't say ten things. He just simply says, this one thing. Very focused. Very focused. Now, when you're on a pursuit and God is your focus, is there other duties? You bet. You're still dad, mom, okay? You're still husband, wife. You're still employee, okay? You still own a company. You still got all this other stuff. But in the midst of that, your focus and your priority is this one thing. If your priority is that your family is in church consistently, then make it happen. Because you've got to own your calendar and your schedule or it's going to own you. It's got to. It's got to be one thing. Now, you say, preacher, I can't make every Sunday. It's 52 Sundays. I know that. You need vacation. There are other things you're going to have to do. There's other priorities that come up and you've got to do. But I'm going to tell you something. You've got to be real careful to protect that. If that's your goal, that's what you got to protect. If your goal is being like Jesus and spending time in the Word, then that one thing is your pursuit. Look at this uh, statement below. It says, first, you define your goal, and then it begins to define you. Yep. You don't have to meet a lot of people and ask them what their main priority in life is. You watch them, and you'll find out what their main priority in life is. If their main priority is to make as much money as they can, they're going to sacrifice a whole lot of things to do that, most likely. If their pursuit is to climb the ladder and be the top, then they're going to climb it at any expense and step on whomever they have to and sacrifice whatever to get there. It's going to be difficult, if that's your goal, to do the opposite. It takes a very focused man to be able to do that and keep priorities right. You've got to be careful what your focus is and your goal is because it will begin to define you. You say, well, my focus is to stay home and spend time with my kids as much as I can. Okay. Then that means when God looks at your life, he says when that man has free time, when that man has opportunity, he's investing in his children. What does God see when, he's, when he looks at you? Because that's your goal, then he ought to be able to look down and see that. My goal is to, to be, have a very close relationship with my wife, that we not grow apart in the years, but we grow closer. Well, that only happens by what? Spending time together. Being married 40 years and still going on a date. That's a priority. That's a goal. So if God looks at that, he sees effort there. Because nobody gets to their goal without being focused on that effort. And Paul says, I, there's a lot of things you could do, but this one thing, this one thing. You say, wow, right in the middle of summer, you hit us with focus? Yes. It's when you're least 
focused, right? It's when you're least focused. That's what happens. We can get, life can get us out of focus, right? But again, don't hear me saying, if you love Jesus, you'll make 52 out of 52 Sunday. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not checking roll. But I'm saying is, you've got to make sure that if this is focus, this is your goal, then you got, it's going to define you. And you want people to walk by and know what your goal is by just watching your life. You can know it. You can watch it. I mean, Brett enjoys throwing the shot. But Brett's not going to do any good in the shot if he doesn't throw it outside of practice. Just practicing, everybody throwing the shot just practices. Those who excel throw when nobody else is chunking it. That makes sense? For anything. I mean, I had an old tire in my backyard and nailed it to the tree, put some carpet in the back, and I had a bag of balls. 60 feet, 6 inches away, I built a hill. And every afternoon, if the weather was good, I threw those bags of balls. Now, here's the deal. You throw strikes, it hits the carpet in the middle behind the, the, behind the tire. You hit that carpet right in the middle of that tire, it hits that carpet, ball fall right there. You, don't, you, you throw wild, that ball is everywhere. How in the world do you survive in East Texas chasing baseballs? You don't because it's hot and it's humid and humidity is stifling. So to be, if you really don't want to walk all over the countryside finding baseballs, or, or, or put dents in fences, then you hit the tire. Why? That's my focus. That's my goal. I don't want to chase balls. I want those strikes. So you constantly do that. And so what happens is, over time, if you can't get your little brother and sister to go chase balls for you, you start hitting the tire. Right? You start hitting the tire. And guess what? You don't have to walk as far. You don't have to walk as far. And so your goal will define you. Let me ask you a question. What's your goal? What's your goal? Is your goal to be more like Christ? Then what you do defines that. If that's your goal, but what you do is not defining that, then maybe it's not your goal. Maybe it's your church answer. Maybe it's just your church answer. Maybe it's what you're supposed to say in the Bible Belt. But does your goal define you? Look at the second. Verse 13 says this too. Beginning what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Focus will give you a forward mindset. Can I just speak to some people who spend their lives looking behind them? It's not really good to drive on I-40 looking in the rearview mirror. It's not, man. But the enemy just loves to tell believers that are redeemed and bought by the blood of the Lamb, remember who you used to be. Yeah, remember that place God made called hell for you? That's what you have to remind him. Don't look back at what you used to be. Look forward to what you're going to be. And don't look left, and don't look right, and don't look back. You look forward. This one thing, this one thing, this one thing. I, don't, I forget about what I used to be. I forget about what I'm not being, but this is what I'm going to be. 
I know I haven't done good. I know I said this was my goal. I know that was my pursuit, and it didn't match my life. But from this point on, this one thing I do, I press on. I press on. Don't look back. Don't look to the side. You keep your eyes on the king. Man, if you've been redeemed, then shout, you've been redeemed. If you were once blind, but now you see, then you walk like you see. If you once didn't have hope, but now you've got hope, live like you've got hope. And be ready to give a reason for the hope you have in you. You've got a live forward mindset. Too many believers looking at their shoes. Why your head down, man? Why your head down? You've been redeemed by the king. Put your head up and walk. Put your head up and move forward. Last little thing is this. Focus enables us to know where we are going. Look at verse 14. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God had called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. The Greek word there for gold is sopas. We get the word scope, all right? Not the mouthwash, but the scope on a gun, all right? What's in your crosshairs? Where it is, what is it? What is it? If my crosshairs are Christ, then when I look through my scope, in that crosshair is Christ. If my words say Christ is my my goal and my focus, and I look through my scope, and that's not Christ, then we got to change. Then our gun's wrong. Then our scope is wrong. You've got to define your gold, and then it defines you. My gold is Christ. Then Christ's going to define me. Then what, what my pursuit is, what my interests are, what I do, the places I go, the things I say, the things I look at, all this stuff, is going to be Christ. Okay? I'm not saying perfect. I'm saying it will define you. Okay? Folks, we live in a day and time, and it's been coming, and it's accelerating, that the church better be different. It's just got to be different, man. And those who love the church, and those who attend the church, and those who are a part of the church, and those who are a part of the body of Christ, have got to be different different out there because man there is a lot of confusing stuff in this world and the last thing we need is the bride of christ to confuse people we've got to be focused 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 i want you to look at verse 15 it's not on your outline but i want you to look at it he says these statements in verse 12 13 and 14 then i want you to look at 15 all of us hmm who are mature, should take such view of things. What view? These views that we just talked about, okay? And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. (laughs) Wow. That is your focus. But if for some reason... Along the road of life, you get, you get scattered. You get confused. Your priorities get out of whack. Your main thing's not the main thing. Then this too may God make clear. I pray that's what he makes clear. 
You see, my friends, I don't think people... Hmm. I, I believe people absolutely love and adore Jesus for what he did for them. I do. And I believe they want to be like Christ. And I believe they want to raise family to love Christ. And I believe they want Jesus in the middle of their marriage because they know they won't make it. And I know they want Jesus in the middle of their home so it becomes a great home. And I know they want Jesus as a part of their church. And I know all of that stuff. But friends, along the road of life, a word comes along and it can derail you. And the word is simply neglect. You can just start neglecting things. And it can get out of hand. Neglect your body. See how fat you get. Neglect your diet. And see what you look like. Neglect your checkbook. And see how whacked out it gets. Neglect your house. Not taking care of it. It can look bad. Neglect your yard. It can look sick. Neglect your car. It look bad too. Neglect your tires. And slide all over the place when it rains. Neglect anything in life. And it will deteriorate. If you don't focus on that relationship with Jesus Christ and put forth that effort, that being your focus, if you neglect it, things are going to spiral out of, out, of, out of control. And it's not because you want them to. It's not your heart necessarily. You just neglected it. And when you start neglecting things, they fall apart. If Melissa and I neglect our marriage, it falls apart. I promise you. Just like that. You neglect time with children, relationships suffer. It just happens. It's not because it's our intention. It's just, it just happens. And Paul is simply pulling up beside the church and says, Church, this is a verse you got you to gotta know. You got you to know Philippians 3, 13 and 14. That's got to be your pursuit. It's got to be the one thing you do, church, but if some reason along the road in this life and it gets crazy and it gets hectic and schedules go nuts and you lose your way and you start neglecting some things and your priorities get whacked out. But here's the deal. I, I just pray that God makes it clear to you again. I just pray God makes it clear to you again because if he will, I believe you'll see it and get it back. Church, please hear the message today. He's not asking you to be perfect. He's not asking you to be just like Jesus 110% of the time. He's just simply asking if that is your goal, it will define you. If that is your pursuit, then everything else will follow that. If that is your priority, that one thing, then everything else will come in place of that. If church and Jesus is an add-on to your life, it will eventually show itself. It will eventually show itself. Because if just exercising is an add-on to your life, <laughs> it will eventually show itself. If just mowing every once in a while and fertilizing just every once in a while, then your yard will ne be neglected and it will show that. Anything in life that we don't focus on and give time to, it begins to deteriorate. Don't let that happen to you. In the middle of summer, and it's flying by, when, when schedules are different, our kids' schedules are different, everything's scattered. Focus, focus, focus. Because if you don't, 
If you don't make it a priority, if you don't pull it together and do one thing, then the enemy will continue to put more things on you and entertain you more to keep you so busy you never see it. And it's funny life. You get little interruptions here and there, little reminders, little, little things that kind of catch your attention, and you go like, wow, that's, I probably, nah, I'm busy. Wow, ooh, yeah, hmm, I saw that. that. That could happen to me, but, you know, it probably won't happen to me. And we just get these little glimpses. But, but, but these little things are God things. He doesn't want to do the big thing. He just wants to get your attention with small little things. The Holy Spirit that speaks and you know it. That's what he wants you to recognize and respond to. So this morning, is the main thing the main thing? I'm not asking that. I'll love you regardless. But who's asking that is the main thing. Is your heart beating for me? Is you, are you after me, hard after me, hungry after me, fast after me? Are you pursuing me like you're pursuing all this other stuff? Or, or am I just convenient? How hard are you running after me? Because that day on the Via Dolorosa, it didn't look like I was running very fast, but I was for you. Because I had to give you something that you couldn't do for yourself. Because one day, you'd find you needed it. I gave my best for you, says Jesus. Just give that back to me and watch what I do. Watch what I do in your life. As we enter a time of invitation, I simply want you to continue to think this thought. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. You answer that question for yourself. How am I doing? Not how's my lips doing, but how are my feet doing? Is the main thing the main thing? Only you know that. I want you to pray with me. Father, this morning, right in the middle of summer, that's a heavy, heavy, heavy thought. When it's free and easy, when we're making it up, I want to be reminded of focus. That God, without focus, we're a mess. We're an absolute mess without focus. Father, this morning, I just believe, I more than believe, I know that there are people, marriages, and families that are in trouble. They're in trouble, man. Because they're not in focus. They're just not in focus, man. They're pursuing everything else but you, your heart. They're chasing a lot of things, but they're not really chasing you. They're just adding you on when it's convenient. Slipping you in the back door. God, you're either king or you're not king. God, we need you to be king of our lives. Because we're a mess if you're not. I'm a mess as a pastor if you're not the king of Jeff. I can't drive my life. I can't drive anything 
can't drive this church. I can't lead anything. I can't lead my family. I'm not being led by you. To God, today, you have simplified the gospel down to a simple question. It's the main thing, the main thing. So God, today, may we not walk out of here if it's not. If we need to come to the altar and lay it down, it'll take some pride to buckle to get down here. But God, whatever you need to do today, break us down so that the main thing is the main thing. And my life echoes that. God, thank you for your presence here today. This invitation is your invitation, not mine. May we respond to you and you alone today. And God, if you're speaking, may we say yes. In whatever area that is, may we say yes. There is freedom in that. God, move us now. Be glorified now during this invitation time. In Jesus' name.